Good morning, everyone. This is Dr. Patricia Bay, and you are tuning in to Therapy in a Nutshell, here on KCNR 96.5 FM, 1460 AM, your talk radio. This is Dr. Patty, and we are going to be talking about an issue that happens in relationships a lot. So we're going to be talking about jealousy, and I really want you to listen to the whole show because first we're going to talk about some of the ways to look at jealousy. Then I really want to talk to you about why people get jealous. I want to talk about when is jealousy pathological? When is it harming you, harming your relationship, or when is someone else harming you with their jealousy? And then by the end of the show, I want to give you some help on how to recover from jealousy, whether it's being done to you in a pathological way or you are creating jealousy in a relationship in a way that's harming you and harming someone else. So this isn't just about people who uh, feel jealousy. This is about people who are at the brunt end of jealous behavior. This is about the whole gamut of jealousy. Because one of the things that I truly believe about jealousy is it distorts our relationships by distorting who we are or who we want to be. And that's whether you are a victim of jealousy or you are a perpetrator of jealousy. Or it's just way milder than that. You wouldn't call yourself a victim or a perpetrator. It's just something that flares up in you every once in a while and you just really want to get a handle on it. But jealousy distorts who we are. And that's one reason we need to figure out what it is. Let's talk for a second about my definition of the uh, difference between jealousy and envy. There are some people that say it's the exact same thing. I, I don't believe that. I think when we are envious of something that we say, wow, you you just got a new car. I think that's so cool. I want a new car someday. I'm envious of your success. That's so neat. That kind of envy where we don't covet what the other person had in a negative way, but we are happy for them and we can in ourselves that we would like to achieve that as well. I think of that as envy. Jealousy is when, oh, you got a new car. Oh, God, I can't believe it. They, they pay you way too much at your job. Or I can't believe I have a master's degree and you, I don't get paid that much. There's this kind of you have something that I think you don't deserve and I'm jealous of you having it and I'm going to express disfavor with that. So Even by those examples, jealousy can happen not just in a romantic relationship, but also in co-workers, family and friends, uh, total strangers, uh, people you're watching on TV. Um, The jealousy that happens is different than envy. So say you see a movie star that you think is just wonderful and has aged beautifully, and you're saying, oh, I can't believe how good she looks at age 50. I wish I could look that good. That would be envy. If you start putting her down, getting negative, um, talking smack about the person, then that screams of jealousy, that they have something that you don't think they deserve and you wish you had. So I just want to clarify that difference a little bit because I think it's okay for us to express admiration, to even express desire to achieve what someone else has achieved. But if we do that in a healthy manner, it doesn't have to sound disgruntled, negative, and angry. Okay, so let's look at the idea of jealousy on a spectrum. So many behaviors that we deal with aren't just black or white. You have it or you don't. So many are kind of on a spectrum. Start way over at the left side of the page and say, little tiny bit of jealousy. Every once in a while, jealousy will flare when you see somebody with perfect thighs or you 
uh, your significant other kind of looks at someone else and you notice that they've looked at them or that they express admiration for someone else, whether it's a politician, a movie star, a neighbor, a friend. You get this little bit of twang of jealousy. But you don't really do anything with it. You don't do anything pathological with it. Uh, you recognize, ooh, I'm a little bit jealous, and you kind of put it under control. So let's say that's kind of at the far end of the spectrum in terms of just little bits of jealousy flare up every once in a while, um, and you recognize it. So now go all the way down to the other end of the jealousy spectrum, and let's look at pathological jealousy, where it's dysfunctional, it is uh, plagued with all kinds of really unhealthy behaviors. Um, there's a whole lot of deceit and manipulation and uh, detective work that happens. And it's really starting to be a defined mental illness with patholo- pathological jealousy. So then people who experience jealousy can be anywhere on that spectrum. So if you're listening to this show about yourself, where's your jealousy? Do you occasionally get a twinge of jealousy, like thinking about your spouse's ex-spouse and uh, I'm picturing my spouse slept with that person and you get a little twinge of jealousy, but you go, okay, come on, and you knock it down in yourself, little tiny bit, but you recognize it, all the way over to super pathological. Or do you fall somewhere in the middle where every once in a while jealousy gets a hold of you, grips you, you end up going, oh, I don't like that about myself. Or your partner does it to you and you think, oh, I hate it when he or she is so insecure and accuses me of stuff I didn't do. And there's no reaffirming or reassuring the person. And I'm so tired of this. Where does that fall on this spectrum? So you can quantify it. It can go zero to ten, zero, zero, no jealousy at all in the relationship. Ten, level ten jealousy might be extremely pathological. So I want you to think about the jealousy you're experiencing, whether it's your own or someone else doing it to you. Where does it fall in that spectrum? And the reason I'm saying that is because you have a right to feel how you feel, whether it's you're unhappy with a partner who is super jealous of you or a coworker or a family member or a friend, or if you are the one that is being the jealous person, it is very eye-opening for you to truly own how jealous you are, how pathological it is, or how much it is harming you and harming your relationship. So do you see what I mean by I'm not just talking to the people who are jealous in a relationship. I'm people who are the recipient of jealousy in a relationship because jealousy destroys people and it destroys relationships. And if it's kept in check, and communicated and understood, it can be okay, and you can talk about it, and it can be healthy. If it becomes pathological, dysfunctional, almost mental illness, or definitely mental illness, it can be extremely destructive and can turn into something dangerous. So we want to be aware, and that's what I'm asking you to do on this spectrum. So keep that in mind as we talk about some of the different things with jealousy. So let's talk about what behaviors create or worsen jealousy in a 
romantic relationship with your partner. Now, of course, at, th- at this point, I'm not talking about somebody cheated on you. They had an affair. They violated your trust. You feel totally burned, and you're having a really hard time trusting them again. And you find jealousy flaring for anyone and everyone. That's a little bit of a different scenario, and you can address that more clearly if you listen to my podcast, Affair Recovery, and if you listen to the other podcast, Why People Cheat. Uh, and then you can also listen to the one on trusting. There's a lot of podcasts that will address some of that behavior. But I'm talking about that kind of behavior that is not as severe as cheating. Um, when partners tend to be boundary busters, that can make your normally pretty secure partner kind of jealous. And let's look at what some of those boundary busting behaviors are. Um, Flirting, uh, constant sexual jokes, um, a lot of touching, um, even casual inappropriate, not not, um, sexual touching, but casual um, touching like reaching over and touching their arm a lot, are things that feel like they're being intimate with the other person. Um, There's a behavior that I call head whipping. And Head whipping is where uh, I'm going to give you the typical example. Uh, you're sitting at a restaurant with your boyfriend or your husband, and a pretty girl walks in the room, and he's like, whew, whips his head around, and he's like ogling her. Now, let's look at head whipping on a scale. Is it normal for a person to notice somebody walking in the room? Yes. Is it normal for somebody to notice an extremely attractive person walking in the room? Sure. Do they need to head whip do the googly eye thing, maybe even say inappropriate, like, oh, look at the rack on that girl. That's a level of head whipping that can destroy trust in your relationship. That is a boundary violator. Women that I see in therapy all the time will kind of quantify their relationship on how good their husbands are in paying attention to them, either boyfriends or their relationships. And they'll say, you know, I'm sitting having dinner, and I see this gorgeous woman walk in, and he's just got eyes for me. I don't even see him whip his head around. If he turns and notices, it's no different than him turning and noticing that the owner of the restaurant walked in and he goes, oh, somebody walked in the door. And that is highly attractive in a relationship. So let's look at the pathological end of that where you're sitting there watching your partner's eyes and you're trying to see, did they look? Are they staring? Do they like that person better than me? Is that woman prettier? Is he thinking, boy, I wish my wife looked like that? Or or is she thinking, um, boy, he's built and he's not gonna, she's not going to want me anymore? Think of the things that go through your mind that make you jealous when somebody head whips. Think of how you make another person feel when you head whip and ogle somebody else. So those kind of boundary issues can create or worsen jealousy in a relationship. Um, And, of course, if someone's recovering from an affair, that makes it really hard to trust, which makes jealousy flare even more. So I'm going to go to break. And when we come back, I want to talk to you about some of the underlying reasons of why people get jealous. We'll be back in a minute. Welcome back to Therapy in a Nutshell. You are listening to Rain. Yes, 
glorious rain. My producer, Jared, said, I'm picking the song Rain because I want us all to visualize rain, pray for rain. No rain is coming because Northern California needs some rain. (laughs) This is Randy McGinnis' song from his CD, The Journey. And this is a song called Rain. And that's me on there playing a mean rain stick. (laughs) This is the first track of the, the CD. Okay, we're talking about why do people get jealous? It's Jealousy is interesting because it makes everybody feel horrible. I've never yet heard somebody say, oh, I'm an extremely jealous person and I wouldn't have it any other way. I've never heard that. I've never heard somebody say, my partner is so jealous and I just love it because it makes me feel loved. I've never heard that either. You know, when jealousy is just a drop in the water where somebody looks at their partner and says, it makes me so jealous to think of all the other men in the room looking at you and how gorgeous you looked. I just love that. But not pathological jealousy? Maybe. That might be like, oh, that was cool. But that's a tiny drop in the jealousy bucket. That's not huge. So why do people get jealous? The main reason for jealousy is fear. Now, if you listen to my podcast about love and fear, also chapter one in my book, Therapy in a Nutshell, is called Love and Fear in the Illusion of Safety. And if you want to call into the show today and give Jared, my producer, your email, I will email you a link to download my book for free. It's called Therapy in a Nutshell. Listen to chapter one and two, and that's going to help you with jealousy a lot. So call in to 530-605-4567 and very carefully spell out your email to my producer, Jared, and I will give you a free copy of the book. Uh, Also, if you want to go to my website, patriciabay.com, and click on Email Dr. Patty, you can send me an email and in the subject line write free book and give me your email and stuff, and I'll send you back a link on how to download it for free. See if we can help you with this problem. Okay, so the main reason why people get jealous is fear. They they are afraid of being abandoned. But before abandonment comes the fear of rejection. Am I not good enough? And when I compare myself to that family member, that coworker, that friend, the prior partner of my partner, um, other women, other men, um, guys who work out, uh, people with degrees. When I compare myself to other people that I think exceed who I am, and then I feel not good enough, my fear is I'm going to be rejected for not being good enough. The fear of rejection, the fear of not being good enough, is actually the fear of abandonment. If you don't think I'm good enough, if I don't think I'm good enough, and you reject me, you might leave me. You might not like me. You might not respect me. I might not gain the career advantage that I need to gain in my workplace. You might leave me for another partner. You might see Miss Gorgeous Cutie walk through the restaurant. You want to be with her, which means you're going to look at me and be dissatisfied, which means you're going to leave me. So jealousy is about fear. Fear of rejection. Fear of not being good enough fear of loss, and fear of abandonment. So when we are jealous people, we are assuming that someone is not going to see us for who we really are, or, on the contrary, 
They are going to see beneath our mask, see who we really are, and see that we're not good enough. So I want to I want to give challenge you, and this is, probably goes out mostly to women because I see this more in women than I do in men. Tell me why you do or do not wear a bathing suit out in public. I know a ton of women who go, oh no, I'm not going swimming at that barbecue, or nope, nope, not wearing a bathing suit at the beach. Um, it's a lake party out on the boat. I'm wearing shorts and a t-shirt, not putting on a bathing suit. Why not? What are we afraid of? We're afraid we don't measure up. We're afraid we're not good enough. We're afraid somebody's going to see our thighs and go, ew, and not like us anymore. We get afraid. That is fear of rejection. And those are the things that can fuel the underlying feelings of someone else is better than me. Because there's always going to be somebody on the boat with the best body or someone at the beach who's wearing the teeny tiny bikini and rocks it because they've got the perfect body. There's always going to be some guy who lifts weights and has guns, as guys like to call them, big biceps and shoulders. And other men who will look at that and go, oh, I don't have the time to work out. He must not do anything important, blah, blah, blah. So those hesitancies about self are what are the underlying fuel fuels the fears that makes us act out. The acting out is the jealousy. When you look at your partner and say, you know, when you look at other women, it tells me that you don't like me and you're not going to be happy with me and you go off on your tangent and he's going, you don't need to be jealous. I haven't done anything. That's just an example because it definitely flips around where males are jealous of women or, you know, they feel fearful too and they're jealous and project jealousy onto their women any partners this is not just heterosexual couples people this is anyone that is in any kind of relationship romantic relationship work relationship family friends people can express jealousy when they don't feel good enough okay follow that we express jealousy as human beings when we are afraid that we're not good enough and we are going to be replaced whether that's in a work environment or a love relationship environment. So when we are fearful that we're not good enough, what happens is our self-esteem lowers. We lack confidence. Uh, And I've said this over and over again on this show. The most attractive thing in the world is not the best body, is not the perfect degree, the perfect job, tons of money. The most most attractive thing in the world is confidence. So you get in your bathing suit and you go out on the beach and you go out and have a good time and you're not worrying about whether somebody thinks your thighs touch or not. Okay, that's confidence. Go out and have a good time. Rock it. Be yourself. Don't compare yourself to the perfect person and the perfect body in the bikini. It's not fair to you and it's an unrealistic expectation. So let's go there. Jealousy is fueled by unrealistic expectations of perfection. Either you projecting unrealistic expectations onto your partner, for example, that they will not notice when someone walks into a restaurant and all sorts of heads are turning towards that person and it turns out to be some gorgeous woman in a low-cut dress and people are looking and your partner turns around and looks. Your expectation that they never take their eyes off of you and never notice what's going around you, around them or around you is an unrealistic expectation. And it fuels jealousy. Do you like who you are when you do that? 
Do you like who your partner is when your partner does that? Do you like it when an office coworker is jealous of you and accuses you of things that you haven't said or done or accuses you of not respecting them because they are so jealous of you? No, we don't like that. We don't like it in ourselves and we don't like it in others. Jealousy makes everyone feel horrible. Write that down. Jealousy makes everyone feel horrible. So let's look at some of the ways that people are jealous, not in relationships. You look at friends who have uh, really good kids. They're getting good grades. They're super respectful. They're athletic. They have really good kids. And you've got kids who you're constantly disciplined, who are a disappointment, who you have to rag on all the time to even do their homework. And you're looking at your friend going, oh, how did they get such good kids? And you're jealous. And you don't say, that's so cool that they don't have to deal with the stresses that we have to with our kids that we have to constantly hurt in a direction. You don't feel happy for them. You feel angry and negative and jealous that your kids aren't like that. Hear the subtle difference between envy and jealousy? Looking at others and being jealous of their success, their money, their looks, their good kids, their vacations. Why do they get to go to Hawaii? You know, we make more money than they do, but obviously they just run up credit cards or something like that. So the negative spewing, trying to define who somebody is so that you can feel better and justified in your personal view of lack, lack of looks, lack of education, lack of money, lack of something. You want to put them down so that you can feel better. Even I've heard people jealous of a neighbor's green grass. How does his grass look so good? Mine looks like, you know what, it's horrible. So when you're comparing yourself to others in any way, shape, or form, and you find yourself lacking and say, I'm not good enough, that raises fear in you, lowers your self-esteem, lowers your confidence, makes you act out in ways that are not conducive to healthy relationships and not conducive to you feeling better about yourself. So before we go to break, I want to leave you with something I want you to write down, and I want you to know this in your heart. Jealousy makes everyone feel horrible. You and the person you're jealous of. Jealousy makes everyone feel horrible. We're going to go to break, and when we come back, I want to talk to you about when is jealousy pathological? Welcome back to Therapy in a Nutshell. You are listening to the song Alone from Randy McGinnis's Native American flutist, his CD, The Journey. Randy McGinnis has won awards, tons of Native American music awards. He's of Cherokee descent, speaks fluent Cherokee, and is just a great person in the Cherokee Nation to help continue the language and their culture. And his Native American flute playing is simply gorgeous. You can go to randymcginnis.com and look at all six of his CDs. They're all different. You can buy them there on the website. Or you can go Spotify, Pandora, all those places and type in Randy McGinnis Native American Flute and listen to his channels. Okay, 
So we're talking about jealousy, and this is Dr. Patty, and you're listening to Therapy in a Nutshell. So when is jealousy pathological? Because if we look at that spectrum I told you about in the beginning of the show, teeny tiny bit of jealousy, you kind of got a handle on it, you own it, that you're doing something that's not so healthy, and you're trying to address it and correct it, all the way to that way other end of the scale where your jealousy is like freakazoid jealousy, like uh, you, it's all you can think about. You have become a private detective. You are like the online sleuth. You know how to get on your partner's phone when they're taking a quick shower. Uh, you have friends stalking your partner, looking at their Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, whatever. You have made dummy accounts to be able to like pretend that you're on a dating site and see if your partner's on there. Um, you've acted like you're an old girlfriend from high school and you're, you know, tempting the person on Facebook or whatever. Those are some of the things I've seen. I'm not just making that up. I see people who do pathological levels of jealousy where they become super sleuths and they cannot let anything rest. Um, they have tracking devices on their partner's phones. Um, they show up at their work. They sit in parking lots and stare at partners' cars. And, and trust me on this, people. This is not just men and this is not just women. I have seen it across gender lines that the main characteristic of jealousy is insecurity and fear. It does not have to do with all women are jealous or all men are jealous because I've seen pathological levels of jealousy across the board. So morbid jealousy, it's the jealousy that kills relationships. That's one way to think about it. That morbid jealousy is to the level that it could be diagnosed as a mental illness, that it could be um, extreme depression, extreme anxiety. It could be a delusional disorder where you have delusions that the person has cheated on you or is having a covert relationship with someone or they just hung up the phone. They must have been talking to somebody they're having an affair with. So when there's delusional jealousy, it's preoccupied in your mind. It's all you can think of. And it's often unsubstantiated. And sometimes if you can substantiate even a tiny drop like they were talking to, your boyfriend was talking to a female coworker at work and hung up right when you walked in. You said, who is that? And he said, oh, that was so-and-so at work. We were talking about the blah, blah, blah for tomorrow. And you substantiate that, meaning that he must be having an affair. And he's like, I had to do a work call. So preoccupied, unsubstantiated, constant thoughts about your partner being unfaithful or constant projection of you're not good enough, they're better than you, whether it's at work or a friend or a family member. Um, it's constant obsession with thinking about it. So when we start to get pathological with jealousy, there are obsessions, obsessions about yourself, your inadequacies, obsessions about fairness and other people. Like think of the work environment or think of neighbors or family or friends. Think of the old adage, mom always liked you best. You're obsessed with fairness. Those are the things that fuel pathological jealousy. And the underlying issue is that you're fearful. You feel not good enough. You're constantly afraid of abandonment. And 
you get obsessed with trying to keep yourself safe from feeling those horrible feelings. At the end of the show, I'm going to talk to you about some ways to begin to overcome this. So I'm not going to go into healing it right now. But I want you, as you're listening to this, and probably getting a little bit scared because you might be recognizing yourself, I want you to notice there's a way out of this. And it's super cool when you can grow and change and evolve and begin to put this behind you. You will like yourself better and your partner will like you better as well. So this pathological level of jealousy is simply a cry for help within you. Now, let's say that you are the victim of someone else's pathological jealousy. This can create a whole lot of feelings in you. You might love your partner and you might really want he or she to feel okay and trust you and know that you don't love someone else. So you may be falling into the trap of constant reassurance and constantly trying to make sure you don't do the least little thing wrong that creates that insecurity. You stare right at them in a restaurant. You never let your eyes veer off the table. You um, don't ever make work calls at home that might look bad. You find yourself walking on eggshells trying to keep your partner from having a jealousy attack. And you feel dread. You constantly feel guilty. There's a whole lot of shame involved. And I'm talking about the person who has jealousy perpetrated on them. There's shame thinking, what did I do to deserve this? There's shame thinking, my partner looks so insecure, I'm embarrassed. Uh, They often make a scene in front of other people. Um, especially when it's really pathological. When it's delusional jealousy, those are the people that can have a full-out wobbly at a party screaming and yelling at their partner that they were staring at somebody else. Um, There isn't a whole lot of emotional control in people that have that uh, pathological kind of jealousy. So when you find yourself walking on eggshells, trying to make them happy, trying to justify your behavior, why you were five minutes late from work, um, why they don't believe you that you had to stop for gas, they want to pull up security cameras at the gas station and look and see that you were really there, and and you're just walking on eggshells, it is stressful to live with someone who is pathologically jealous. Your behavior of constantly trying to reassure them being careful with every move you do, feeling the guilt, the shame, the blame, the dread is really unhealthy. So I'm talking to both the people who are pathologically jealous right now, and I'm talking to the people who are the brunt of pathological jealousy. Hear my words. Pathological pathological jealousy kills relationships. It is unhealthy. It makes Everybody's sad and angry and dread coming home, dread dealing with the person, and it will eventually kill your relationship. So if you are the person who is the recipient of pathological jealousy and you have tried to set boundaries, and here's, here's kind of the gamut that I see of people that respond to pathological jealousy. They'll usually start out with, I didn't do anything, and no, I don't know why you're upset. I've never given you a reason not to trust me. And come on, I didn't, why are you so mad at me? I didn't do anything. And then that will escalate to, God, stop it, I didn't do anything. You're blaming me for something I didn't even do. Then they'll start to get mad and, and ticked off about it. And then they might even start to get huge and belligerent and uh, hopefully not violent, but 
they'll start to go, this isn't fair. I haven't done anything wrong. Then they'll start to say things like, fine, if you're going to accuse me of having an affair, I'm just going to go out and have an affair. Then you can be mad at me for something. That's the old version of, you're crying, I'm going to give you something to cry about. Remember when parents always said that to kids? (laughs) So put that in a spectrum. So if you are the recipient of pathological jealousy, it might be time for you to draw healthy boundaries. In in the last section of the show, I'm going to talk about this, about how to draw healthy boundaries on pathological jealousy. But there is a point in time where a partner who is pathologically jealous all the time is delusional, is obsessed, and is constantly making your life miserable. You're You are with a partner who has mental illness. When a partner has mental illness, they need to agree to get some help. You, we, each of us are not obligated to stay with someone who won't get help. There's a time when sometimes you have to save yourself. And if you suffer with pathological jealousy, acting it out on people, those words scare you. If I'm telling your partner, don't put up with pathological jealousy, stop jumping through the hoops, learn how to set boundaries, learn when it's unhealthy, consider how you need to get out of a toxic relationship. The person who perpetrates pathological jealousy won't like that because they want you to constantly reassure them. They want you to jump through hoops to make sure they feel safe and that they don't have to be jealous. They think if only you did this, 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 and this, they wouldn't have to get mad that you were on the phone, that you were talking to someone, that your eyes wandered away from the table and saw somebody across the room. They think if only your behavior was perfect, they wouldn't have to feel like they behave. And the main point of this show is that pathological jealousy, any level of jealousy, whether it's teeny bit on that scale or huge on that scale, needs to be owned by the person who is jealous. They need to say, what am I doing within myself to create jealousy in myself? How do I perpetrate that within myself? How do I keep it going? And what happened to me that made me a jealous person? And that's that's part of the recovery that we're going to do in the last section of the show. We need to know what made us so burned that we act out thinking that we can't trust people. And that we begin to make others responsible for our security, feeling good about ourselves, our self-esteem, our self-confidence, and feeling like we are okay and that I can relax and know that you love me and I don't have to be jealous. Wouldn't it be nice if it were that easy? The people that I see struggling with pathological jealousy often are looking outside themselves for somebody to fix it. I want you to look inside yourself and figure out why are you a jealous person. And if you're a partner of a jealous person, you can't do that for them. But there are things that you can say and do that say, look, this is killing our relationship and you need to get some help to learn how to overcome this. And in the last section of the show, too, I'm going to give you some of the names of my podcasts that you can listen to for free and you can Start to grow even if you can't afford therapy or you can't get to therapy. So we're going to go to break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about how do you begin to recover from jealousy. We'll be back in a minute.
Welcome back to Therapy in a Nutshell. This is Dr. Patty, and you're listening to Randy McGinnis' song, Moving On. Those are appropriate songs for this topic today. All right, we're talking about jealousy, and I hope you're getting it, that jealousy wrecks relationships. And even more importantly, jealousy distorts our relationships by distorting who we are or who we want to be. So let's look at how do you recover from jealousy. One of the main things that has to happen is you have to look at exactly what you are afraid of. So right now I'm talking about the people who suffer from being jealous, who get obsessed with being jealous, who hate that in themselves and say, gosh, I I wreck relationships and I can't help it and it just happens and I, I don't know what to do about it. I want you to take a good hard look at yourself. And I want you to begin to learn the difference between between when you're in a place of love, feeling calm and comfortable and confident, and when you move over into that place of fear, fear of rejection, fear of not being good enough, fear of abandonment, because that is the place in which jealousy resides. Over in that place of fear, we start to doubt ourselves. And then when we doubt ourselves, we doubt the world around us, whether it's our partner or our work thing or your neighbor with a new car or the perfectly green grass or the girl on the beach with the bikini and you're afraid your thighs are touching. It doesn't matter what you're jealous of. It starts with us doubting who we are. So in a healthy relationship, you know who you are and you've got some foundation of self and you can talk about when you feel insecure or not confident. It's okay to not feel perfect or not be perfect, but the secret is communication. So let's back up for a second. When you stop and look at what are you afraid of and how do you go into a place of fear, does that come from your childhood? Does it come from traumas? Uh, Does it come from getting burned in past relationships? You've got to learn where your fear comes from, and then you have to begin to address those issues. If you've got habit energy around people have burned me in a relationship, I expect to be burned, I don't trust anyone. If you have phrases like all men are dot, 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 fill in the blank, or all women are dot, 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 or all bosses, or coworkers are, whatever your catchphrase is that you think guards you against somebody hurting you, that is a window into your soul. Okay, so stopping and looking at where you get that is really, really important. Then you've got to learn the difference between a healthy relationship and an unhealthy relationship. Are you the victim of an unhealthy relationship where there's pathological jealousy, where there's unfair expectations, where there's constant belittling guilt, shame and blame thrown on you? Or are you the offender in an unhealthy relationship? Do you constantly belittle your partner? Are you constantly jealous and asking for reassurance and demanding proof and becoming the stealthy um, person who looks at all the social media? Or are you both like that? I want you to recognize that there are relationships that are unhealthy across the board. Everybody's jealous. Everybody's insecure. Um, the relationship is constantly based on fear of being left, fear of not being good enough, fear of being abandoned. So it doesn't have to be just one person. It can be both of you. And if that's the case, okay, 
this show becomes a call to consciousness, you need to look at each other and say, we need to work on this because we both do this to each other. But let's go back to, I don't care if you are the offender who is perpetually pathologically jealous or even mildly jealous, or you are the recipient of jealous behavior. I want you to recognize that it is a call to consciousness that you need to grow, that you are living your life in fear and expecting the world around you to make you unafraid. So we go back to chapter one in my book, Therapy in a Nutshell, is love, fear, and the illusion of safety. What is the difference between love and fear? How do we know the difference? And what are the illusions that we create in ourselves? That if only someone else will make us feel secure enough, if only our partner will have only eyes for us, or will never say or do anything that makes us feel uh, less loved or jealous, then we'll be okay. It isn't how it works. We do love and fear ourselves. We create our own illusions of safety that try to make us feel safe, and sometimes they're extremely pathological. When we begin to learn how this works, we are on the road to recovery. So when you have these jealousy issues, you might need to be in therapy. You, and I'm not saying everybody needs to be in therapy, but you need to be looking at why you feel burned or why you don't trust people or why you have become a fearful person. And you might need a tour guide in helping you through those very difficult issues. A really good therapist is a good tour guide. And they can help you deep into the issues, work on the core problems, and what is fueling it. So you just go into a therapist and say, I'm a jealous person, and they want to talk about how you're jealous and what your partner does wrong. No, look at you. Okay, you hear that? The path to change is in addressing your own fears. So what are some of the things that happen in unhealthy relationships that can fuel jealousy? Jealousy can be one of the crayons that colors these things, and you need to look for them. There's a lot of drama. There's a lot of gaslighting, which is um, I'm making you believe that you did do something wrong. For example, you look over at the cute babe in the low-cut dress walking into the restaurant, and you're female partner says, oh my gosh, you just think she's beautiful and you don't want me. And then they say, you looked, you stared, you were drooling. You, I could see that you got turned on looking at her. They're gaslighting you. Gaslighting is I'm going to define what you meant, what you did, what that behavior was about, and I'm going to tell you what it's about and you don't get to disagree with me. That's kind of like guilt, shame, and blame gaslighting, okay? There's trusting issues in this relationship. If you don't trust your partner, is it because of something they've done, like an affair? Or is it because you are so burned in past relationships that you are certain that this person is not worth trusting and you're going to be ahead of the game and catch him or her before they do anything wrong because you're not going to be stupid or taken advantage of again. Okay, those are trusting issues. So demanding needy behavior, intense behavior, like, for example, uh, you didn't return my text. It's been three minutes. Why didn't you return my text? Or the other thing I hear in my office often is they don't return my text. And if they don't return it within like 30 seconds, I know they're doing something they shouldn't be doing. That's intense behavior with, un- with um, boundaries that are violated and with expectations that are way too high. Okay? Jealous people in relationships often try to isolate their partners. 
even in a work situation, when you are jealous of a coworker's work, you may try to isolate them from the boss. You may try to run interference. You may try to get them out of the spotlight. The same thing happens in relationships. You want to isolate your partner so you don't have to be jealous. You, if you're a victim of obsessive jealousy, you might say, I'm not going to that barbecue. Last time we went to a party, oh my gosh, he or she made a huge scene, thought I was looking at other women. As soon as people started to go swimming, I was like, oh no, this is going to be horrible because you knew what was coming in terms of the obsessive jealousy of your partner. So you stop going to things. You start to isolate. You are constantly looking for ways to reassure them. Think of how attractive it would be if your partner put on their bathing suit, got in the pool, and had a great time, regardless of if their thighs touched or if they had a tummy or if they didn't look like Miss Supermodel in a bikini, it doesn't matter. Confidence is attractive. So extreme jealousy needs constant reassurance, desperate behavior, constant fear, super high expectations to make the jealous person feel secure and safe, and they will blame you. You're causing this. You did this. It's your behavior. I can't trust you because I can't trust any man. You start to get colored with the crayons from past relationships, and the person has assigned you a behavioral variant that says you're untrustworthy. makes people mad. They don't like to not be trusted when they deserve trust. So sometimes recovery from a toxic obsessive jealous relationship is about leaving the toxic relationship. Sometimes it's about sitting down and saying, we need to talk. This is unhealthy. This is toxic. I want you to listen to this podcast on recovery from jealousy with me. Um, And you need to get some help or I can't stay in this relationship. So if you have created an unhealthy relationship, you need to begin to change. You need to take responsibility for your unhealthy behavior and you need to stop and take a window into your soul and say, what is the fear that I'm bringing to the table? Believe me, more and more reassurance from your partner, from your boss, from your anybody is not going to help you. And it can be subtle. Your lack of confidence and your fear can be subtle. You might think, I don't want to go over to that person's house and, and go swimming with them. Look at, um, you're a man and you're saying, her husband is like totally built. He spends, goes to the gym every morning and he's like Adonis and look at me, I've got this belly and oh my God, I'm not putting on a bathing suit. So you start to define things you will and will not do and add negative comments to the person that you're jealous of to try and diminish who they are in your partner's eyes. Those are all pathological jealousy behaviors and put it on that scale from teeny tiny bit to huge delusional pathology of jealousy that is actually a mental illness. So if you take away anything from this show, I want you to recognize you can go to my podcast, Therapy in a Nutshell, type in Dr. Patricia Bay, Therapy in a Nutshell. Uh, It's copyrighted, by the way. And... Look at all the titles. There's over a 100 titles. Look at the ones about love and about fear, about trusting. Healthy dating is another one. Um, Narcissistic people, uh, gaslighting, living in an unhealthy relationship. Look at those podcasts and start to allow yourself to grow. So remember, 
Jealousy distorts our relationships by distorting who we are or who we want to be. Jealousy can kill your relationship. So if I've touched your heart today, that's okay. Even if I've made you scared or sad, it's a call to consciousness and it's time to address the jealousy issues in your life, whether you're a victim of them or a perpetrator of them. And remember, you can grow and change and put this behind you. I've seen lots of people do it and it's really cool. Okay, so you've been listening to Therapy in a Nutshell with Dr. Patricia Bay. And all I want to do is help heal the world one hour at a time. Thanks for listening. The news from Town Hall is brought to you on KCNR Shasta Reading by Shasta Regional Medical Center. Your life, your health, your choice. Shasta Regional Medical Center.